vision of it, our vision hasn't changed. We're still desiring to see people live in the freedom and the purpose that Jesus has for their lives. The vision's the same, the mission's the same, same values, same um, goals that we set with 2020 goals. But, but, but what theme do you want us to focus on? And, I was, and we were staying at um, Craig and Rachel's place, and I was watching the God TV thing. And it was around the time I was praying, and, and, and there was this conference that came on in the US, and it was a forward conference, and never heard about it before. When, when I saw it on TV, something resonated in my heart, where, where I sensed the Lord saying, Nathan, that's the theme for 2016. So forward's our theme. Okay, God, that's what we're going to do. Now what? And we've been processing um, what that looks like. And as Stu said, the word forward is used in Scripture lots and lots of times. And the main, and the main way the word forward is used is, that when, is when people take a step forward as to, take, um, to, to do an initiative, to stand for something. To, they, they are stepped forward because they feel called to something. It's, the word forward is used a few other ways, but that's the main way the word forward is used in scripture. We're going to pray, and then we're going to dive into a scripture. We're going to look at the book of Jeremiah this morning, and Jeremiah chapter 7, but let's pray first. Father, we want to thank you for this day. We want to thank you for the opportunity to gather. We thank you for Stu the Chef and, and what you've spoken to us about for this year and what you've called us to. Help me to speak this message clearly and in a way you people can understand. Give us ears to hear what you're saying, God, and hearts that are willing to lean into this in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So the plan going forward for the rest of the morning is I'm going to bring a message for about 15 minutes, and then we're going to have communion together. And then after communion, I'm going to talk then more about the specifics about some of the things that we're going to be looking at in 2016. Does that sound all right? So you get two little messages today. Is that a good thing? Thank you, my friend. You're my new favorite, Will. Thank you, Rachel, for the clapping as well. That was good. Hey, um, forward is our theme. Well, boys and girls, how many people started school this week? Who started school? Tell me what year you went into. You went into year nine. nine. Are you that old? Wow, you're getting old. And you year five, four? What else? What else did we say? Two. Any kindergarten children? Six. Any kindergarten? Oh, How about high school? Did anyone go to high school for the first time? Year 12, Benny. That's exciting. Last one. Anyone go to uh, kindergarten for the first time? One person, two people, two ladies, two little girls. Congratulations, girls. That's awesome. Three. Did I say three? Kindergarten kids this year. That's awesome. Thanks for cleaning up, you guys. We had a bit of a spillage with the uh, communion biscuits. Well, I want to tell you a story um, about me when I went into year four. I was not, now, boys and girls, mums, and particularly mums and dads, you're going to find this story hard to believe because you look at me now and say, wow, what an amazing guy. <laughs> but, 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 but when I was nine years old, when I was nine years old, I started year four and excited about school, went into year four and... Um, Everything was fine for a while, but then I started to get in trouble. That's hard to believe, isn't it, kids? That I started to get in trouble, and you'll never guess what it's for. Talking too much in class. <laughs> Imagine that. And so, and so I, would, I would get in trouble off the teacher, 
and they'd sit, tell me to be quiet, and then I'd be quiet for a little bit, then I'd start talking again. Be quiet, quiet, and then they'd separate me from the class, and then that happened a few times, and the teacher eventually got my mum involved. And mum lined me up and said, that's not okay, you shouldn't act that way in class. It's not on. All right, back to school, so back to school. And I would love to say that that, that changed my behavior, but unfortunately it didn't. I kept on talking, kept on getting separated, and eventually, kids, I got sent to the principal's office. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Thank you, Jordan. Hard to believe. And then they called my mum in again, and this time things got really um, serious. Mum said to me that if you keep mucking up in class, you won't get your bike for your birthday. Now, growing up, we lived um, just off a corner, off, off Faraday Road in Padstow, a busy road. So my parents thought it was wise for my safety that I wouldn't get a bike till I was 10. I haven't done that for my kids, but that was their choice. And so I, uh, I, I knew this was coming. I was looking forward to this coming. And mum had, had threatened me. And she said, Nathan, here's the word, the way forward for you, there's our forward word, the way forward for you is to do the right thing in class, be quiet, do your work, and you'll get your bike. Now, boys and girls, mums and dads, I would love to say that that, that threat, that, that, that way forward changed the way I acted in class. It didn't. I got sent to the principal three times that year, and I didn't get a bike for my 10th birthday. Good parenting? Yeah, awesome. Um, I had to wait till my 11th birthday to get my bike. Now, if I surveyed the congregation, I'm sure that many of you would have parents have stories like that, right? And kids, you should definitely do what your teacher says in class. Don't follow your pastor's example here because I did the wrong thing and I deserve to be punished. Aiden, Joel, I deserve to be punished because I, I, uh, I uh, did the wrong thing. But you know what? In the Bible, the Bible's full of stories where people did the wrong thing, where, where God gave them the way forward but they chose to do their own thing and go backwards. I'll say that again. There's lots of stories in the Bible where God gave people the way forward, but they regularly chose to do their own thing and go backwards. And we're about to read a story from Jeremiah chapter 7 like that today. Now, Jeremiah is one of those big books, scary prophet books in the um, Old Testament. They believe it was written about 628 for, for a few years after that. And it starts at a time where the people in the north, the land of Israel, they've been taken into captivity because of their rebellion about 100 years earlier. And the people in the south, well, they had some good times, but regularly bad times. And God spoke to them over and over again and said, hey, you're doing the wrong thing. You're not fulfilling the path that I've given you. You're not heading forward. You're heading backwards and doing your own thing. And God said to them, if you continue to do that, continue to do the wrong thing, you're going to be punished. And another nation is going to come and is going to take you guys, nations are going to attack you and take you into captivity. And for some times, these people repented and said, God, we're sorry when they changed, but most of the time they didn't. And here in Jeremiah chapter 7 is one of these accounts. Now, this passage is, is um, called a sermon on the temple by the commentators. It's called that because of, of, of where Jeremiah speaks from. He speaks from the temple gate. 
But it's also called that because of the because of the, of the reference to the temple. Let me tell you what's going on before we read it. The biggest problem that that our God says about the people at this time was this: is that they were doing all the religious things. They were going to the temple. They were doing the sacrifices. But outside the religious things, their lives were far, far from God. It's a bit like for us today, a Sunday Christian. They would come and do the religious thing, but when they went home on Monday, their lives just looked like anyone else in the world. So let's have a read of this together. I'm going to read it to you. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 1, it says this. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is what God God wanted Jeremiah to say to the people. Stand at the gate of the Lord's house and there proclaim this message. Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah who come through these gates to worship the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Reform your ways and your actions and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words and say, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the world. In other words, because we have this temple, we're okay. If you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly, if you do not oppress the foreigner, the fatherless or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not follow other gods to your own harm, then I will let you live in this place, in the land I gave your ancestors forever and ever. But look, you are trusting in deceptive words that are worthless. Verse 9, will you steal and murder, commit adultery and perjury? Burn incense to that and follow other gods you've not known. And then come and stand before me in this house which bears my name and say, We are safe. Safe to do all these detestable things. Has this house which bears my name become a den of robbers to you? But I have been watching, declares the Lord. And then over in verse 21. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Go ahead. Add your burnt offerings to your other sacrifices and eat the meat for yourselves. For when I brought your ancestors out of Egypt and spoke to them, I did not just give them commands about burnt offerings and sacrifices, but I gave them this this command. Obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Walk in obedience to all I command you that that it may go well with you. But they did not listen or pay attention. Instead, they followed the stubborn inclinations of their hearts. And in blue, they went backwards and not forward. They went backwards and not forward. From the time your ancestors left Egypt until now, day after day, again and again, I sent you my servants, the prophets. But they did not listen to me or pay attention. They were stiff-necked and did more evil than their ancestors. A summary, if you like, of the history of the people of Israel. And Jeremiah speaks this from the temple to the people and says, if you keep living like this, God's not going to let you live in the land. And about, well, we don't know exactly when Jeremiah said this, but from the year 600 to the year 586, Babylon came and started to take the people into captivity, and in 586, Jerusalem fell. What does it mean for the people to be going backwards and not forwards? Look at verse 23. But I gave you this command. 
God says this. This is what God says. This is what it means to go forward. He says, Obey me, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Walk in obedience to all I command you. Friends, moving forward is around obedience. You know, when I think about obedience, I think about this. All the things we shouldn't do. God says don't steal, don't lie, don't, don't hurt, don't, don't hold unforgiveness, don't, and the list goes on of the don'ts. But when we think about the, the way the word forward is used in Scripture, and Stu the Chef talked about a few ways that it's used when usually the word is used, it's used when people take a step forward, where they take initiative, where they, where they step into a calling. And so it's really speaking about the things we, like that picture, things we should do. That's a cool picture, eh? I love that picture. The things we should do. And friends, you know what? There's a list of them. You know, God wants us to love people. God wants us to serve people. You know, God wants us to be deliberate in getting free from the stuff that holds us back. To get us free, and we're talking about prayer ministry recently, the last few weeks. Prayer ministry is a great way to get free from this stuff. You know, God wants us to, to be deliberate about pursuing the purpose God has for our lives. God wants us to be deliberate about getting real. God wants us to be deliberate about taking action. God wants us to be deliberate in sharing our faith with those who don't know him. It's taking initiative. It's walking into the calling that God has for your lives. Now, boys and girls, mums and dads, I have a question. Now, if you're mum and dad and you know the answer, let's give the kids a go first. Now, apparently in Australia, boys and girls, there are two animals that can't go backwards. No, you know, so not you guys. Who, Matt, do you know the answer? What are the two? Tell me one. Go. Emu, correct? And another one at the back? Kangaroo. kangaroo. Look at these two guys. Apparently, the emu and the kangaroo are the two animals that can't get backwards. So I thought to myself, hang on a second, is that right? So I YouTubed, and I said, um, I, I YouTubed, can a kangaroo go backwards, right? And, and look what I found. Hi, my name is Bob, and I approve this message. See, kangaroos can go backwards. No, how did they do that? Who knows how they did that? He rewounded backwards, yeah? You don't know that? Now, why are we talking about... Why are we talking about... Um, oh, what did I just do? That one. Why are we talking about emus and, emus and kangaroos? Is because God wants us to be like emus and kangaroos. Not people who go backwards in disobedience, in shying back from the calling God has for us, but rather people who are deliberate in moving forward, taking initiative, fulfilling the calling that God has on our lives. Our, um, our, 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 our first series we're about to launch next Sunday is this. And we're going to do about 12 messages on roadblocks to moving forward. Because, you know, God has... Great things for my life and great things for your life.
In Ephesians 2.10, he says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for you to walk in. And yet sometimes there are roadblocks in our life, there are things that prevent us from moving forward, from doing the things God wants for us. Now, I have a couple of examples here. The first is around fear. Maybe we're afraid to step out. Maybe we're afraid to do the thing that God wants us to do. Well, friends, that's a roadblock, and God wants that smashed. And I think we're going to be talking about fear in the next few weeks. Maybe it's shame or there's guilt. Maybe you, you are look at your past and you say, well, because I've done all those things, God couldn't possibly use me. Well, friends, that's another lie of the enemy, and that needs to be smashed. And that's a roadblock that needs to be removed. Or maybe you tried in the past and it didn't work, and that's holding you back from doing something in the present or the future. I want to show you a, another clip. It goes for a minute and a half, and it's a kid's, kid, kid's movie of a boy who created an invention, and it went wrong. He tried something, and it went wrong. Now, that's not the important bit. The important bit is, look at how his friends respond to his invention. Okay, that should do it. It's so exciting. Let her rip, Lewis. Quickly. Uncle Joe can't hold on much longer. Everybody ready? Go, Carl. Yeah. Oh, no. Outstanding. Uh, I From failing, you learn. From success, not so much. If I gave up every time I failed, I never would have made the meatball cannon. I never would have made my fireproof pants. Uh, still working out the kinks. Like my husband always says. and his brilliant failure. May it lead to success in the future. It's pretty good, eh? Great success in the future. John Maxwell writes a book, Fail Forward, so when you fail forward, it's easy to get back up and keep going. You know, um, another roadblock is about being comfortable. And in our Western society, and you look around today, is church full? Yeah, we're pretty full. And it's easy for us to go, wow, look at the, look at the stage, look at the music. Isn't the pastor so handsome? And, and we have a great kids' ministry, and, and you look around and you go, wow, this is a great church. And I agree, this is a great church. But the, but, the, but the challenge with great churches is that it's easy to get comfortable. It's easy to go, hey, we're okay now. We have reached the goal. Friends, I've got news for you. God ain't finished with us yet. There's so much more, so, so much more for us. And, and the last thing I want to flag today around roadblocks to moving forward is this, is this idea of I've done my bit. I'll say that again, that I've done my bit. I've served in children's ministry. I've given financially. I've done that mission trip. I've given my time and effort. Now it's my turn to relax. Well, friends, it ain't heaven yet. When you get to heaven, then you can go on vacation. 
But the reality is, if you've done your bit, awesome. Let's celebrate that. We celebrated Sam today and we ruled 11 o'clock again. But she ain't finished. She's got much, much more work to do. The church is full today. We're not done yet. God's got so much more for us. And if you've done your bit, awesome. Celebrate. Get back on the horse and keep going and saying, God, what is next for me? So in summary today, in summary today, our theme for this year is, is moving forward. And, and we're about to take communion. And, and, and as we take communion, what I want you to do is to reflect on, on, on two questions. The first question is a, is a get real question. What are the roadblocks that are stopping you moving forward? And the second question is a take action question, and it is, what does God want you to do about it? And I want to give you a taste today of where we're going over the next 12 weeks around blow blocks to moving forward. But as you come and take communion, and the way we do it at LifeGate is you get out of your chair, you come to the front, take a biscuit, take a cup, you can stand at the front, you can go back to your, go back to your seat, you can eat it and drink whenever you want to, that's perfectly fine. But I want you to reflect on these two questions. And I've lost them. Oh, no, that one. These two. What are the roadblocks that are stopping you moving forward? And what does God want you to do about it? Father, we want to thank you for the theme that you've given us this year. And God, I just want to declare over each person here that God is not finished with you yet. God is not finished with you yet. He wants you and he wants me to keep moving forward in obedience, to take initiative, to step into the things that God has for us, to fulfill the purpose, to fulfill the calling God has for our lives. God, I I just want to declare that prophetically over this church, that we'll be a church that is deliberate about moving forward, taking initiative, and fulfilling the calling you have for each one of us as individuals and us as a church. Father, we thank you in communion. We remember the death death of Jesus with his cup reminding us of his blood and his biscuit, this biscuit which reminds us of his body, which makes this whole forward thing even possible. And Father, as we now reflect on these questions and reflect on what you've done for us, Father, I pray you speak to us and you challenge us on this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Please come, please take communion. The band is going to lead us in a song as we do that. And uh, for the kids, kids, as you come up, when I'm talking about kids, I'm talking about a blaze. There's a whole heap of um, activities here with the word forward on it. And for each letter, there's a puzzle. And we want you guys to do that in the next 15 minutes. So... A blaze, kids, grab one of these, a pen, and away you go.
today for all that you've done for us, for your death and your resurrection. The cross was enough. It's finished. You've dealt with the shame. You've dealt with the guilt. You've dealt with the sin. You've dealt with the sickness. You've dealt with the oppression. It's done for us. And God, you want us to step out and receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Grab a seat. If I may, I'll keep you for 10 more minutes and then we'll have some morning tea together. Now, moving forward as a church, um, we, we're going to speak a lot around what does it mean for you and me as individuals to move forward. You guys can come down, I think. Didn't they great today, the worship team? It's great every week, but particularly today. Thank you, Maddie. You're exceptional. And everyone else, thank you so much. There is us as individuals moving forward, but then there's us as a, as a church moving forward together. And our, and our second theme, we're going to do three months on what does it mean for us as, a, us as a church to move forward together this year. And so I want to share with you some of the things that we're planning for this year. I want to fill you in with some stuff. The first thing I want to talk to you about is the Padstow redevelopment. We spoke a lot about that, and then we've gone really quiet. So I want to give you the update. Um, the, the Bankstown Council has... They put out their, their first draft. Um, they got lots of responses. And then about three weeks ago, they put out their, maybe not three weeks, a few weeks ago, they put out their second draft, meaning about the local area plan, how many stories, how high, how many spots and stuff we need. Um, and it's still in draft format. So we're still in this waiting pattern of we can't do much until we know what we can and we can't build because it's still in draft format. So. We're, um, that's on hold. Apparently, we're going to find out this year what, the, um, what we can and what we can't do regarding redevelopment. Yeah? So still pausing that, still waiting, still can't do much with that until the council gets their act together. Um, that's the first thing. Second thing is around church planning. So we believe God is, is um, on this. Um, last year, I was doing a series around sharing Jesus, and it was... As I was preparing, God dropped into my heart around challenging people to be part of a church plant. And, and, and the challenge was around 
hey, it's, it's, harder what you, it's harder than what you're currently doing. Because when you come to something that's larger and there's so many things and activities that are done and it's set up for you, you come and plug your guitar in and press go, like it's so much easier. But, but um, it was the very next day after I preached that on the Sunday, I had the contact from Moorbank and we'd been offered a house um, in Moorbank and, and I saw that, we saw that as a really big, you know, God's on this, let's go ahead with this. So the beauty of what we're currently doing in, um, in the Wattle Grove, Holsworthy, Moorbank, around that area, is that we're already in the community. And so when people normally do church plants, they, they are normally focused on the Sunday thing, where they gather the people on a Sunday and go on from there. Well, that's actually the opposite of what we're doing at LifeGate, because we're already in the community. We have life groups in the community. We've got a chaplain in the school. We've got Wattle Groovers, which is a kids' program that's meeting on a Thursday um, right next to the school. We do Easter events. We do Christmas events. We're already in the community. We already have relationships with the community. So the natural next step is to do something on a Sunday in that, in that area. So this year, we're, that's the plan, to do that. Um, to, to get that going, what we're going to be doing is the, the, the third Sunday of every month, um, so this, I don't know, so yeah, the third Sunday in every month, don't have to explain, it's pretty clear, isn't it? Is that clear? Yeah. What we're going to be doing at the 11 a.m. service, we're going to have a normal service, but we're also going to have a focus on um, church planning in that area. And the reason it's at 11 is because we want to have lunch afterwards for community building. So third Sunday of each month, we'll advertise this, we'll let you know, that if you're interested in being a part of a church plant in that area, please come to the 11 o'clock service on the third Sunday of the month, and we're going to talk about it more, and we're going to give you more details. We as an eldership team have wrestled around how do we do this well. Because here's the important thing. If we go and do a Sunday for the sake of doing a Sunday, no deal. If it's simply doing this again out there with the people that are here, and it doesn't grow, and it doesn't help people find freedom and fulfill their purpose, well, we're not doing it. We want to set up a church, a Sunday thing that helps people live in the freedom and the purpose that Jesus has for their lives. And if it doesn't do that, we're not doing it. So as an eldership, we've been wrestling around how do we do this well, and, we, and, we, and we've got some ideas and we have some clear strategy. So we'll be talking about that at the first Sunday, which is the third Sunday of the month at the 11 o'clock service. Is that clear? Awesome. The next thing I want to talk to you about is we're talking to one church in particular around them becoming a LifeGate church. So um, the pastor of that church has come here the last two weeks. So there is a church um, who's small, and the pastor is 70 years old, and he wants to retire. And he wants to hand it on to someone. Um, and, and he sees that getting one pastor um, to run that church could put them back in the same spot they're currently in. So he's thinking about, what if we joined a bigger group? And so we've met with them. I've preached at that church. Um, I've met some of the people there. I'm meeting with their leadership team in February about the possibility of them becoming a LifeGate church. And that could, that's most likely, if it happens, it's not guaranteed. If it happens, it's going to happen this year, my, I would suggest. So what it means is that LifeGate could be in three places by the end of the year. And we could have a fourth. I'm speaking to another guy about another church on Tuesday who's come to me and said, hey, Nathan, you guys are doing some good stuff. 
Can you help us? So there's likely three, maybe four, places where LifeGate Church could be. They call it multi-site. And so that's awesome. And we have a plan in how to do that. And rather than talk about it now, we're going to talk about it at our next LifeGate Vision Night. I talked about this last week. Now, the biggest problem I see in, in our going multi-site and having LifeGate in three places is we could lose the, the best bit about LifeGate Church, which is our culture. We're a church that's deliberate about our vision, about getting free, fulfilling our purpose. We're a church that's real. We're a church that's deliberate about taking action. We're a church that has um, honest, open relationships. And we're, we're a church that chooses to hear from God. We're a church that's deliberate about worship. And for me, that is the most important thing for us. And my job as a senior pastor is to hold the vision and the culture and our values, that's my main task, I think, is to hold that core and central and ensure that doesn't get swayed unless God tells us to do something different. And so how do we keep that central? How do we keep that tight across Moldy across site? And I think one of, the, one of the answers is around these LifeGate Vision Nights. These LifeGate Vision Nights were the old prayer and worship night, so think prayer and worship night, um, bigger, more deliberate. They're going to be once every four weeks, and they are for everyone in leadership across our church. So if you're a leader at Wattlegrove, if you're a leader at Padstow, if you're a leader at the other churches, if, if it happens, we all gather together once every four weeks on a Tuesday night. We, we worship together. We pray together. I talk about vision. I talk about culture. And then on those nights, we then break up into huddles. Now, not every ministry is going to be on every night. You should have received this via email if you're part of one of our teams. If you're part of our children's team, youth team, welcome team, if you're part of our teams, you should receive this via email. And if you haven't got it, talk to Larissa and there's more in the foyer. Because on this, I know you can't read it, I'm just giving you the idea, is on this, it gives you the date and then tells you which teams are meeting on that night. Now, if, if you're a leader on any of these teams, we want you there all, um, every single one of these nights. There's 12 of them throughout the year. They're a Tuesday night. They're on the off-life group week. So you do life group one week and then this once every four weeks. And it's in those huddles where we gather the children's leaders from Padstow, from Wattlegrove, and any other place. We, we get all the Ablaze leaders together. And they plan together. They encourage. And we do training together for unity and strength, and what it does, it cuts down the number of meetings we have as a church, and it, and it, and it keeps us unified. I believe these, these nights are going to help us to build relationships um, across the centres, particularly for the leaders. It's going to give us the time to pray together, to worship together. I'm going to have the opportunity to speak culture and life into our key leadership team, and it also helps you build relationship across the church, across the ministries that you're a part of. So this is key. Is that okay? Um, one last thing I want to talk to you about before I tell you a story. Um, well, two more things I want to tell you about. First thing is around the um, house, at, house at Moorbank. Um, we are met there at the, at the end of last year. We talked about should we use this as the meeting place, 
as the meeting place for the church planting Wattle Grove? And the resounding feedback came was no. So what we're going to be doing is renting it out. And the Gibbons family, Craig and Jackie, they're not here this morning, I don't think, but they're normally here. They're going to be moving into the house because if you know their story, they're having a difficult time. We want to support them. So they're paying a, a, a rent for us, and, and it's obviously a, re- a reduced amount, and we will be using that money to rent a facility on a Sunday when that time comes, yeah? And then the last thing I want to tell you is that um, Kath, for those that don't know, is Move Roles, no longer doing music creative. She's now a children's pastor, for those that don't know yet. Who didn't know that? Who didn't know that? Most people knew that, I'm assuming. Some of you guys didn't know that. And we have a new staff member coming on the 4th of March. His name's Ken, and F- Ken Woolley, his wife's Fiona. Many of you guys who've been at our leadership events would, would know them, and they're fabulous. Five weeks to go, they're coming. So it's very, very exciting. One last story to finish. And it's, and it's around this house. When I, um, when I shared with the church around God's giving us a, a ministry resource in that area, I just thought that was incredible. I just thought that was holy dooly God, like, wow. It's worth about $900,000 as a property, and it's worth $400, $500 a week in rent. I'm going, God, that's such a blessing with Ken coming and what we want to do in that community. Wow, that's awesome. And, and I shared it with you guys, and, and we said what we're going to be doing is we're going to be um, going there, was it November, October, I can't remember, but at the end of last year for our prayer night, and we're all going to gather there and we're going to pray. And we gathered and we prayed and we talked vision, and it was a great night. But believing, I was actually disappointed by the, by the number of people who turned up. Now, let's hold on for a second. Don't take offense, because this is not a shot. This isn't telling anyone off. This is none of that. Um, it was a really, 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 really good thing for me. And so I happened to drive someone home, and I, and I aired my frustration with them. And they went home and spoke to their, their, their marriage partner. And what came back to me was this. And their marriage partner said, Maybe the reason people didn't go out to the house at Moorbank is because the people at Padstow see that as a water growth thing and, and, and not their thing. Now, I don't know how true that is. That might be true, that might not be true, and I don't really care if it's true, to tell you the truth. But, but what it did for me was a massive wake-up call. And what it did for me was this. It said, Nathan, you need to ensure that we, LifeGate Church, are on board with moving forward and the direction that we have for us. That whether or not we're meeting at Padstow, or whether or not we're meeting at Wattle Grove, or Wagga, not Wagga Wagga, or Liverpool, or, or wherever it is, that if, if it's a LifeGate church, it's mine. And when I say mine, it's, I want you to say that, Liz. It's my church. At Padstow, and it's my church at Wattlegrove, and it's my church at wherever it is. Here's an analogy to reinforce that point. Um, if, us, if you have a family member or someone who's really close to you and uh, gets a new house or a new property, are you excited about going to see it? You are. So my question was, why, wasn't, why weren't more people at that, come and, come and pray for their house, come and check it out, the night? And so my, think is that my, my thinking is that we need to do better as a church. We need to do better in buying in to who we are. You know, there's the, 
there's the, there's the vision of our church, is to see people live in the freedom and the purpose that, that, our, that our Jesus offers them. And, uh, and my hope, is this, this is pretty strong words, is this okay? Is anyone, anyone offended yet? Please don't be offended, hear it in love. Um, my hope is that each one of us grabs a hold of this vision and our values of getting real and taking action and, and the essence of who we are as LifeGate Church and owning it and saying what we have here is really, 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 really good. And we want to offer that into other places. And so when we do new things in different places, I'm going to be on board with that because I know what that community is getting. They're getting something pretty, pretty special. One last story. When I went to the US, um, we saw lots of churches, and we saw a lot of churches built around one leader. And I think, Brian, uh, I think you'd say that Hillsong Church is built a lot around Brian and Bobby. I think you'd say that. And that's how they do it, and that's fine. But I went to another church. It's, it was called um, Christ Church of the Valley in Phoenix. And it was the largest church we went to. And the pastor, his name's, his name's Dom Wilson, an amazing guy. They have 50,000 people turn up on a Sunday. 50,000 on a Sunday. And we met with him and his key staff. And uh, one of the things they said to us who were there, they said, our CCV, Church, Christ Church of the Valley, CCV, CCV isn't built around Dom Wilson. But rather, it's built around the vision that we have for this church. So when people sign up to CCV, they're not signing up to Don Wilson, they're signing up to the vision. And when I heard that, I went, that's awesome. I would love that to be the case here. That when you sign up to LifeGate Church, you're not signing up to Nathan Green, although it's nice to honour me, hear that. <laughs> but you're signing up to the vision, the vision, the values the culture of what we have here. And the, and the vision we have to see people live in the freedom and purpose Jesus offers isn't just for those out there, but it's for me. And it's for you that you are deliberate in seeing that vision fulfilled in your life. But then you carry that into the world and see it fulfilled in the people around you. So where's this all going? Let's stop here and say this, that, you know, there's... There's lots of exciting things for this year. But I, but I want to plead with you this morning to grab a hold of the vision, to grab a hold of who we are as a church, whether or not that's at Padstow, at Wattlegrove, at Liverpool, wherever it is, and to own it and, and, and call it your own. And if Daryl's running a life group in Wattlegrove, you know, Daryl, I am for you. And I'm going to honour you, and, I'll, and I'm going to pray for your life group. And, and when we start a church plant in Wattlegrove, the people who don't go at Pads, they were like, that's our church, and that's our culture, and that's our vision, and it's being put out in that community. And the people who go to Wattlegrove look at Pads, and say, that's my church, and, and, and they're seeing our vision fulfilled in that community. And when we see Donna run groupies, we go, Donna, that's awesome. We want to support you in that. And over and over and over again, let's get behind it. Let's make it a reality in our own lives. And let's together see all that God has for us fulfilled. Amen? Father, we want to thank you for this day. 
Father, you've given us this theme of forward for this year, and God, we've spoken about church planning, multi-site, new buildings, we've spoken about redevelopments, we spoke about... God, we ask that your will is done in all these things. And with God, we ask that each step we take will be for your glory. And Father, my prayer for each one of us is that we all buy into this vision, that we'll all buy into the culture that, that is LifeGate Church, a culture that's real, that's a culture that's honouring, a culture that's deliberate about f- fulfilling purpose, that's deliberate about getting free, that's real, that we, where we're deliberate about taking action. God, the, uh, the our church that we're at, the, 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 the our church that you've called us to be, that God, we'll be passionate about it and we'll be deliberate about pursuing it and we will celebrate all its different forms, all the different places and things that call LifeGate Church their church. Father, we want to honour you and bless you. And we thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for coming today. Thank you for being part of this. Church, be released. But if you like prayer this morning, the worship team is going to come to the front and, we're going to, and, and they're going to be here to pray with you. Otherwise, enjoy morning tea. And Larissa just said, if, if, if you're a little kid and you'd like some prayer about school this year, we'd love to pray with you about school this year. Please come forward.